The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, 14 minutes and 20 seconds, where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. All right, 1420 in the morning for this third day of uh, January 2024. Today's show, as always, brought to you by SeatGeek.com and the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase over there at SeatGeek. Remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to BellyUpSports.com for all their great articles and uh, other podcasts, such as the Corner Booth Podcast, Rise at the occasion. Uh, my guys over there at Craft Brood Sports and many, many other shows that we're hoping to collaborate with in the new year. Lots of things happen over there at Belly Up Sports. We'll get to them in uh, by the end of the show. I will have a little announcement to make about that. And uh, thank you very much for everybody who's uh, tuning in for the first time or uh, been waiting for waiting around the uh, waiting around the airwaves to, for us to get another show out. First 14, 20 in the morning. Uh, as you guys know, if you're your first time listening if or, or you're a long time listener or, or watcher on YouTube, uh, we're in the middle of a move where we, we, we change. Changed uh, locations, got a new world headquarters. Or it's our house, but the, down here at the Yankee Tavern North, if you see behind me, it's all getting put together. It's a lot. It's a rather hectic time of. Uh, it's always hectic to move, but it's more hectic uh, during the holiday season. Family came out; and it was great holiday season, and take a little bit of a time to reset. So, thank you very much for being patient. We'll get these shows out on a more regular basis. Uh, hope to do more live, more live things as the year progresses and everything else. But thank you very much for everybody who's tuned in. Another thing, like a happy New Year, uh, always. But yeah, I've always uh, had a not not a problem but a, an issue with when to, to stop saying happy new year is it is it through, through the month of january do you get to the 15th is it to the 7th when you get to uh orthodox christmas is it one of those things that you don't really know when, when the uh because if you say it twice somebody you forget who you see in and out or how you you bid adieu to somebody and uh, or, or greet somebody when do you stop saying a uh, happy new year it's one of those things you're not really sure exactly what to do i'm sure it's not anything written in stone but for those of you who have an idea when to get it done let us know so i i, uh, I follow the uh, the company line i guess the uh for uh for for the, the happy new year's greetings and everything else anyways a lot going on in the world of sports new year's day there was a couple of great uh, college football games maybe we'll talk about that but uh, dave tomorrow night uh as his michigan wolverines uh survived again they probably uh, didn't didn't look like they were going to win for a little bit in the second half but they survived they, they they had the extra point attempt and a field goal that was missed as well thought that would come back to haunt them as it usually does in college football and then washington holding on to beat texas uh, so you got a, a, very, a very good uh, championship game coming up on Monday night. One thing I, I want to get out before we get to the uh, the, the World Junior Tournament, uh, to, to today's uh, topic conversation here at 1420 in the morning, is I, I understand they want to spread the wealth and, and spread spread the, uh, the, 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 uh, the play-in games. I don't know how they're going to do it next year when they expand it 12 games, but I think something that they should really, really try to do, and I don't know how you, how you could possibly do it, but make sure that the Rose Bowl, because now that the Rose Bowl doesn't mean as what it used to with the, uh, the Pac-12 disbanding and you have the Big Ten and everything else how they used to be the pack pack 10 or pack 12 big big 10 championship champions playing in the rose bowl year in year out let's get that back to being the tradition let's have that as the uh as the end of the season let's have that as a national championship game at the rose bowl it's the grading it's the greatest setting in football i don't think anybody anybody can dispute that if they're trying to dispute that they're lying to not only me but themselves uh the way the sun comes down and it's just the, the magical setting that it is and the fans and the tradition of it all have the you have the rose bowl parade every new year's day and have that that game as the end of 
the, the football season. Don't drag it into more into uh, the college or the the the, uh, the pro season. Don't drag it in there anymore because it, it'll take away some little bit's luster. People will not be watching on Monday night. If you're if you're a big fan, absolutely you will be, but it won't bring in the fringe fans, which I think that they're trying to do. Not there's a, I mean, college doesn't need any more in football in general. Doesn't need any more fans. But I think that the uh, the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day should be the end of the college football season and have that as your national championship game year in year out. Uh, it's just something that you you're, you're used to seeing. It's something I'm used to seeing and have that game mean mean the most mean the most in the college football schedule every year i think is how that college football should do it because remember college football is all about tradition so why not just do it that way there's uh there's the college football there's your tip from 1420 world headquarters on the third day of january 2024 get it done get it done right and go from there anyway see i Around uh, this time of year, every year in, year out, the, the World Junior Championship uh, takes center stage for hockey fans right across Canada. And it's growing around the world. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. We'll get to that in half a second. But uh, Canada went out with a whimper yesterday, lost 3-2 to Chechia uh, in a game that they probably should have won, but they got goalied a little bit. Canada fell behind 2-0 early in the first period when I woke up, got my uh, story carcass out of bed, a little bit tired from uh, New Year's festivities a couple nights before, and then moving in and everything else. So yeah, a little worn out, had a little sleep in yesterday, not only like to 7 o'clock, but it was already 2 nothing for Chechia. A couple of goals that went in that probably shouldn't have, but it's just what that's how hockey is. Canada dominated that game in the in the uh, second and third period. They deserved a better fate, but they got goalied uh, quite badly, and it's one of those things, yeah, as you're watching those games, you can kind of see that it was going to happen, that the, that the uh, Canada, if they didn't get one or two early in the third period, that they're going to hold on for dear life and maybe squeak one out but as the, the hockey gods as they always do in that goofy game it uh, ended up being a situation where a, a bad bounce against Canada lucky bounce for Chechen before you know it 11 seconds left and the game was over and that's it Canada's heading home in the quarterfinals see you later no medal no nothing this year and people across the world, across the hockey world in Canada, are panicking like no one's business. It's it's uh, it's uh, it's sad to see. Like sometimes, like I, I understand that there's some disappointment and there's some uh, there, there's some disdain and some like what ifs and if everything with Canada and the way it all works out. And you wonder why uh, people don't realize that these kids are just so you know what. They're kids. They're they're 19 to 17 to 19 years old. Canada's best player, Macklin Celebrini, is just 17 years old. He's a draft eligible player for this year. So you just wonder why people get so butthurt and so bent out of shape. Yes, you'd rather see Canada win. Yes, you would rather see um, Canada be in a in a game situation today where they're they're playing a, a semifinal matchup in a gold medal game, which probably would be against the United States. But it didn't happen. So that's just the way things go. But Canadians in general, I guess they're passionate about the sport and yes, they're passionate about the game. But the days of Canada rolling through everybody and the, the days of Canada having the the, the best uh, the best players available to them are, are long gone. Uh, NHL teams are are more than likely not releasing players to end up going to a, a world championship anymore around the around the holiday season unless they're getting sent down to minor the, their junior teams in the new year which happens less and less because of contracts and the business end of things so people getting all butthurt and crazy about Canada not uh, not meddling this year. Uh, they shouldn't be talking bad about the players. They're, they're just kids and they could be playing midget hockey or they could be playing junior B hockey or they could just 
you know what, just be playing hockey in their, their little community team and uh, and helping their uh, their the uh, the Fort McLeod All Stars or Fort McLeod Arts Cattle Liner team or whoever the sponsor might be on those teams. And it, it's a very uh, they're very young young gentlemen that they're trying their hardest. Yes, there is some some guys out there that are quite entitled, but in general they are just kids and they're having a good time playing and they are out there playing for for their country. And you know that they're they're not obligated to go. They could they they could say no to uh, a. Uh, they could do what, what what U.S. college kids do. Say no, I don't want to hurt my draft prospect. I don't. I'd rather play for my junior team. I'd rather go home for Christmas. They they have an opportunity to say no, but ninety nine times out of a hundred, these kids don't say no, and it's an honor to, to play to put on the Maple Leaf and go out and play for your country and hope to bring back a a world championship, which Canada's gotten you overly spoiled over the the thirty or forty years that this tournament's gotten so big. Like you remember back in nineteen ninety when the the Lindros led Team Canada beat the Russians in Saskatoon. That's when this tournament really kicked off. Off. Hard to believe that's 33 years ago when that's all that whole thing started going. But you go back to a lot of different teams that uh, Canada had the best players available to them year in year out, and now the kids are, aren't uh, they're they're making the NHL at, at the age of 18, at the age of 19, and, and they're sticking with those teams. They're not they're not going back to junior. And you you, you see that this uh, it's not a problem, but it's a situation that Canada has where they don't just don't have the same amount of players available to them. You look at lot like this year's team. Their their best player, like I said earlier, was Macklin Celebrini. He's a draft eligible kid this year. He's a 17-year-old player, uh, just as Connor Bedard was last year. He's not he's not as good as Bedard as of right now. He's going to be a very good player. But when Canada's when you're um when your best player is only 17 years old uh, and draft eligible hasn't played at the highest levels, is kind of still getting used to being away from mom and dad a little bit. Uh, when you're when you're uh, when you're relying on a 17 year old kid to be your, your, your star and to score you the most goals in your tournament, you're, you're probably not the best recipe for success. Yes. Bedard did it last year, but that kid's a, that, that kid's a freak. And he's a, he's a very special talent. Not the Celebrini's not, but he was not at the level that Bedard was last year. And like if Canada didn't have Bedard last year, they don't win. And it's that simple that, that Canada probably shouldn't have won last year and they got the gold medal and they, they didn't win this year because they didn't have that outstanding talent. I, I didn't think that Canada's goaltender, uh, Mathis Rousseau was very good. I thought he was quite bad, and that's cause for its concern. I don't say I shouldn't say bad. He wasn't good. Like he wasn't good enough is the, is the biggest thing. He he was kind of had a, a stinker against against Germany. He played every minute of every game for Canada. They probably should have went to the backup a little bit, especially in that that, that mop up game with Latvia. Maybe see what he had going in the third period when it was uh, five or six nothing, and see what he could do and give him a little bit of playing time. But they went with this Russo kid, and he wasn't very good. Uh, the first two the two goals he led in early yesterday were not good goals, and then the one that that went into with eleven seconds left yesterday didn't didn't uh, didn't help his cause, but it was a Bing Bang. A bingo, bango, ping pong kind of a goal, and all of a sudden Canada's going home, and they didn't get the goaltending a la Carey Price, a la Manny Legacy, a la Jimmy Waite. You, you go back through the history, Carey, the Carey Price uh, back in 2007, I think it was with the uh, the shootout uh, game against the uh, the Americans, and you, you look at uh, the goaltending they didn't get get yesterday or for, throughout the tournament from from Russo, and, and that's cause for concern for the Team Canada's ahead. If you, they're talking about best on best competition, they're talking about going back to the Olympics, Canada doesn't have a an outright number one guy not that this russo kid would have been the next Olymp- olympic goaltender but they don't have anybody right now uh that's uh the, the kid from aiden king or whatever his name is who plays for vegas he might be canada's best hope for a goaltender and if i don't even know the kids the guy's last name yes he's a stanley cup winner and that's more on me not caring about the vegas golden knights goaltender 
But if that's Canada's uh, best hopes for uh, for having a, the greatest, the best goaltender in a best on best situation, Canada's in trouble, big trouble at Olympic situation where their goaltending has been the strength for years. But we talk, I'm a goalie hugger, you guys know that, and that has been a, a thing for a long time. So Canada just didn't have it. I, I didn't think that the, the rest of the team put up a, 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 enough of an offensive punch. They probably could have went away. Um, the the they, they probably could have had a little bit of a, a, a change in leadership there. The the captain was good. Fraser Minton was okay, but he was not a, a a guy that was up front that should have been on the first power play unit. He was okay. He did, didn't put up any points really uh, of any of any substance at all. Uh, their other best player I thought was the, the geeky kid. Uh, Noah Geeky plays, I think, for, for uh, the, the Wenatchee Wild. They moved from Winnipeg last year. Uh, he was really good. That penalty that he got 11 seconds into the game against Germany was kind of a bullshit call it took me until 10 11 this morning to uh, say my first swear word here at 14 20 in the morning i thought it was a horseshit call best way international hockey is it wasn't a great call uh it was a, a hard hit there was a there was a there was yeah you really had to slow the tape down to see any head contact it was a bad call but anyways yeah, the geeky didn't play that game against germany they didn't uh, turn out needing him they squeaked that game out so in general canada just wasn't good enough they, they probably um they they, they lost to sweden they 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 probably should have lost to finland they they would not have beaten the usa this year it would not have happened if they got the gold medal game it wouldn't have been a it wouldn't have been close the u.s would have just rolled through them and it would have been a bad look for canada so maybe losing out to chechia now in a, in a heartbreak fashion upset fashion might have been a better a more of a uh uh a consolation prize and getting your your butts kicked out there by the Swedes in the semifinals in front of their hometown crowd who probably should have lost yesterday to uh to Switzerland but they got refereed pretty badly in that game and then you had you you had the U.S. team was very very strong so it's probably better that Canada lost yesterday instead of getting their asses handed to them uh by by the U.S. in the final game and that's the biggest thing people got to realize that the rest of the world has caught up uh to Canada we we didn't have some of our best players like the you had the Bedard kid who couldn't play uh Shane Wright from from uh he's playing down in Seattle's farm system uh who else was there? Uh, Zach Benson and Adam Fantilli, who's who's starting to put some the pucks in the net out there in Columbus. So he he wasn't playing. So there's five guys right there who would have helped Canada a lot. And you, you'd say, yeah, well, other teams are missing guys too. Well, that's not exactly true because I think the U.S. missing one or two guys, but the the Swedes because they have the Swedish elite league. A lot of those kids went back and played for that World Junior team. So it's it's not really the, the same comparison a lot. It's a lot of Canadian kids who would have helped this team, who would have been three and four guys. Uh, all of a sudden, Canada's the three and four guys this year are should have been eight and nine guys kind of kind of deal right so it, it does make a big difference there were d-men who were not were playing national hockey who probably uh would, would have helped out the team a lot uh, but goaltending came down to what it was but if you all but if you always have the puck and you're not you're not giving up shots you don't need a great goaltending you're a serviceable serviceable goaltender and that's what canada didn't have last year with uh the, or this year with the russo kid it's too bad to see like i said i'm disappointed i'm not setting the alarms off i'm not saying canadian hockey is down the tubes i'm just saying other teams other countries have caught up development systems down in the united states are second to none the way they develop their 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 junior age players and the pretty look at the pro, the pro team that they like if there was a best on best competition right now you got to think that that the americans would probably have the uh the 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 advantage over everybody else so the just development of all the other players has has picked up you look at all the players on the other teams 
who are stars with with Czechia, with Russia. No, Russia's not there. With, with Sweden, with Finland. A lot of those kids play in the CHL anyways, Canadian Hockey League. So they're playing either in the Quebec League, the Ontario League, or the Western League anyways. So they're, they're, they're developing their skills over here. So you got a lot of players who are still getting developed by, by, uh, by the Canadian system. So it's not a complete disaster. It's disappointing, but it's not a disaster. And people who are online, they're bad-mouthing 17, 18-year-old kids. Yes, I said some derogatory things, but those kids are trying, right? Will we ever hear from these kids again? Probably not, not most of them, right? It's the way it all turns out. But getting upset, like next week, I'm not going to, if they would have won, I wouldn't remember their names anyways, right? There's the odd kid who stands out at this tournament that you you uh, you follow throughout their pro career. But in general, this is a lot of these guys, they're, they're one-hit wonders, one shot at fame, and then that's it. So to get that worked up about a junior hockey player in a junior hockey game, yeah, you'd rather see your country win. Yeah, you'd rather see your team win. But in general, you, you got to go to work the next day, and uh, you put it all behind you. And like, like I said, they're just kids who are trying their best, giving their all and uh, that we should really um, tip our hats to these guys for doing what they're doing and going out and taking time out of their year because they a lot of these kids they uh, they they leave home in, in the end of August they don't get to go home again until their their, their junior team is out of the playoffs they, they might go home for a couple of days now that they're flying back to Canada but after that it's back to uh, whatever small town in uh, in Canada that they might be playing junior hockey or their college team so uh, tip of the cap to these kids for going out and doing it uh, we really appreciate that that it's uh, it's great drama it's great entertainment for the for hockey fans but in general it's just a game so we shouldn't get too worked up about these kids not winning a gold medal and like i said you you wouldn't remember who most of these kids are later on when it's all said and done but that that celebrini kid looks like he's the real deal he looks like he's gonna be a really good player uh will he be a bit better than bedard probably not will he be better than fantilli it looks like he could be fantilli's kind of he struggled a little bit but you, you get drafted to a bad team you're gonna struggle that's just the way it is with columbus uh the, the blue jackets this year and tip of the cap as well to the professional women's hockey league uh last Last night's game, Montreal in Ottawa. Over 8,000 women or 8,000 fans to watch a women's hockey game there. A tip of the cap to them getting going on, on New Year's Day and going now. They're rolling. They got the, they're got under one umbrella. It's uh, it's going to be a great league. I, I would rather see them having some body contact. Yes, they do get aggressive. They're just not having right, – they're not hammering girls in, in the corner and everything else. I'd, I'd rather – and I'd rather see them get rid of the the, the, the full the full face mask. That's just a me thing. Uh, let's just get it right, right back to it, the, the, at least the, the junior hockey uh, level of, of competition. It's very good entertainment hockey it's very skilled hockey i always like to see that extra little bit added but tip of the cap professional women's hockey league for getting going here in uh, in uh, here in north america this year you're doing a, a great thing for uh, for girls right across the country and there's lots of stuff going on behind the scenes maybe we'll talk about that on friday uh we'll talk about that a little bit and could get a little research want to get a, a, a person on who's a lot more than all that but tip of the cap to the professional women's hockey league for what you're doing across uh, across north america and for for the development of uh, women's sports right across the country uh let's get to birthdays on this days and um, then i got a final thought and then we'll get everybody out of here where are we here on this day in 1920 the boston red sox agreed to sell george herman better known as a babe babe ruth to the new york yankees for 125,000 and a $350,000 loan that some would say would start the curse of the bambino the deal came about after ruth told the red sox that he would not play for them in the 1920 season unless he got pay a pay raise to 20 grand a year even though he signed a three-year $30,000 contract during the 1919 offseason. 
Ruth led the Red Sox that, that, that 1919 season with 29 home runs and 113 RBIs, but the Red Sox finished in sixth place in 1919. Ruth went on to play for 15 years for the Yankees, where he hit 659 home runs, 1,978 RBIs, and a batting average of 349, including his 1927 season, where he would hit 60 home runs, a record that would stand until Roger Maris hit 61 for the Yankees in 1961. The curse of the Bambino would last until 2004, when the Red Sox would come back from a three games to nothing deficit versus the Yankees and the ALCS to win that series in seven games and go on to beat the St. Louis Cardinals in in four straight games. Kind of an anticlimactic World Series, one thing you consider, but like, I'm sure Red Sox fans were happy. But the way that that playoff all all played out uh, with the Yankees uh, having that three nothing lead, Ortiz hit the home run, and the rest is history. Come back uh, and, and win uh, in seven games, and then uh, yeah, that's uh, that was it. Uh, Curse of Bambino. There's a great story behind all that. How like the uh, the Red Sox actually put up Fenway Park as collateral to to the Yankees for the loan that they were given of 350 grand, and then the Red Sox didn't take any players because there's really no no players that could match what they were going to uh, to get from the Yankees. It was just a, it was a no. Uh, you, you couldn't. Um, you couldn't offer enough, enough players to, to take to, for what Ruth was. So on this day, it all went down back in 1920. The curse, the Bambino, all began. And happy 43rd birthday to retired NFL quarterback and two-time Super Bowl MVP Eli Manning, born on this day in 1981 in New Orleans, Louisiana. Eli is the youngest of three sons born to Olivia and College Football Hall of Famer Archie Manning. Manning spent four years at Ole Miss after a standard high school career at Isidore Newman High School. At Ole Miss, Manning threw for 10,119 yards and 81 touchdown passes and finished third in the Heisman in his senior year. Manning was drafted first overall by the San Diego Chargers in the 2004 draft, even though he... He told the uh, he told them he would not be playing for them. Manning was then traded to the New York Giants for Philip Rivers and an assortment of draft picks. Manning was one of 17 quarterbacks taken in the 2004 draft, along with Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, and of the three, he has the lowest point, uh, lowest yards, touchdowns, completions, TD to interception ratio, and winning percentage. But has two Super Bowl championships and two Super Bowl MVPs, outshadowing the other two. Happy birthday to Peyton and Cooper's little brother. Eli Manning. It's funny to think that uh, he, he said, don't don't draft me, don't draft me, and they drafted him anyways, and the rest is history. R- like, Philip Rivers had a great career there in San Diego. Like, so let's not forget that. He had a great career. And he produced a lot of kids, too, but uh, let's not forget that. And then, you, if, you, if you think about the, uh, the Ty- what was it, Ty- Tyreek, or, I, I can't remember his name, but that that, that touchdown catch, uh, or the, the scramble that, that Manning had, and everything else, that cut, catch on the helmet, and the way it all turned out for uh, for Eli Manning on this, uh, and uh, just, uh, I think he's Hall of Famer, just the numbers, you know, you win two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs, I think you, you probably get in, but uh, he's uh, he's one of those guys that's really, really good, and uh, he's definitely the, the Hall of Pretty Good, but he's uh, you know Hall of Famer, who knows, but uh, happy birthday to Eli Manning. That's it, I was going to do a final thought on the, the Aaron Rodgers thing, but I mean, I'll let that one rest for a day, because I think the guy should do, maybe the, what, I was, what I was going to say kind of goes against what I what I think, maybe we should let this guy go away in oblivion, some derogatory uh, remarks about him, uh, with, from him, about Jimmy Kimmel and the, the Jeffrey Epstein plane, plane and things like that, like, there's some things that are funny, and maybe it's time for uh, for a few guys to be taken off the air and not be, not be given a platform, yes, there's freedom of speech, I understand that, I'm not saying don't, you can cancel everybody for saying things, but freedom of speech is one thing, you, you're not allowed to lie. 
You're not allowed to lie. You're not allowed to make things up and, and spread disinformation. That's not what freedom of speech and the, uh, the Constitution and everything else was uh, was meant to be. So maybe it's time that we uh, took some guys off the air that uh, shouldn't be allowed to be there because, like I said, freedom of speech isn't uh, it's not free freedom to lie. And uh, that's what uh, and Aaron Rodgers has been doing a lot of things and pushing a lot of disinformation for a long time. And uh, maybe it's just time to go away to maybe epstein island but anyways we'll we'll get into that another day hey everybody thank you very much oh by the way uh i won the, the curator of the year your award for the belly up media network so thank you to all the all the guys who were belly up for voting for me and i won that award on last uh, thursday we had the little christmas party and what's going on in the new year we're really going to be expanding our youtube channel uh, and uh, the belly up youtube channel some more collaborations some more different things that are going to be happening behind the scenes that will get out to, to everybody's ears so thank you very much once again i uh i once i don't know what, what the award is it's a prize i have no idea but uh was felt pretty good about myself for the hard work that we put in here at 1420 world headquarters and uh, all the different collaborations and things and ideas we, that we have in our head to get this uh get this out in the airwaves and and to see where we can take this crazy thing we're you know we're three and a half years into this and it's uh still a lot of hard work still love doing it but we you get a, a little pat in the back sometimes it doesn't it doesn't hurt and it gets a little pep in the steps because not gonna lie to you there there have been times in the uh in the three and a half year history of this thing I've thought, well, I give this, give it up. It's a, uh, it's uh, it's a lot of work for not much reward. Uh, there's some shows you put out there that are a lot of fun. There's some shows you put out there that just say, there's no way this won't get. 5,000 downloads, right? And then sometimes those ones end up getting maybe 50, right? So it's one of those things that, that you, you get between your own ears on, on uh, when, you, when you're a podcaster, when you're a broadcaster, or when you're your content creator, whatever it might be, you get in your own your own head sometimes. But sometimes that little that little uh, pat in the back, it urges you forward. So I, I think I kind of needed that after during the holiday season and get the uh, Curator of the Year Award for uh, the Belly Up Media Network. Thank you very much for everybody. Like I said, who listens to the show on a daily basis. We appreciate it very much. If you haven't checked out our show that me and Jim from the fan of the band Garrett from two two to sports news and of course Dave did on New Year's Day uh, it was a lot of fun not, not not nearly as riled up as we usually get it was middle of the afternoon I was uh feeling the effects of New Year's Eve a little bit and so everybody was a little bit tired so it wasn't uh it wasn't hard hitting it was uh, we had a lot of laughs a lot of fun though so make sure you check, check that one out check out some of our old shows as well go to belly up sports check out all those great uh, great shows as well uh Support your local, uh, your your indie podcasters. The big the big boys don't need your help. It's guys like us who need your help for for downloads and listens and subscribes and all that, that stuff. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel today. And uh, hey, have a great New Year's. All the best to you in 2024. And remember, it doesn't matter where you are. It's who you're with. Have a great day, folks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You just listened to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer of the sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Let's get into it.